We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Programming note, this podcast was recorded prior to the Michael Brockers trade and the Morgan Fox and Gerald Everett signings. Still, enjoy the show. and drops back, throws a marching pass upfield, Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run, and races all the way to score for Los Angeles, a 72-yard touchdown play. First down, inside his own five from his own end zone, sacked in a safety on Rudolph, Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, Former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. And wow, free agency's underway. A lot of changes happening quickly. Mike, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, man. But uh, like you said, a lot going on in the world of football, especially Rams football. So, man, I'm looking forward to getting in on this one tonight. And uh, But excited about news. Sometimes news is good. Sometimes new is can be daunting, so we'll see. Well, I mean, to me, it's to me, it's a grab bag. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with it. And as we get into the happenings thus far in free agency, basically the legal tampering period, I think there's going to be a lot of people looking back on the 2021 Rams a year from now, going either they either they struck it rich and and did everything the right way. Whether well, I'm going back and looking at this team and thinking, oh my gosh, what a train wreck this was. But that's my view. I don't think there's really a middle ground on this one. But Mike, first, how's football going? 
Man, it's been uh, pretty interesting. We got that spring forward on uh, Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and uh, getting a little more sunlight out here. And we just, again, we're now into our third week. Uh, finally got most of the guys in full gear, so it's been pretty cool. Uh, we actually got some Rams old jerseys through a supplier of mine who deals a lot with them. Uh, I guess they had extras. And so uh, he refitted them. And so I have to shoot you a picture. But, man, we're looking nice at practice now. So they give you guys some old Rams jerseys. Well, we didn't get them free. We got to to buy them for a pretty good price. But, yeah, they were, uh, I guess they were some of the Rams. uh, I don't know if they were going to use them or didn't use them. But uh, we're looking nice with the big blue stripe on our white pants. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta see a picture of that. I got. Yeah, I got. I gotta shoot you some. <laughs> yeah, make some magic happen. Okay, so hopping into it, folks. It's gonna be. I'm not even sure where, where I want to go with this episode because I'm still kind of digesting it. You know, Steve and Johnny did a good job last night giving you their views. I'm probably gonna be a little bit more measured. There were days and there have been years in the past where I've been quick to make a judgment call and and usually what happens is they prove me wrong i mean let's just be honest Les Snead and, and sean McVay have, have proved a lot of this wrong over the years and they, they're proving that they deserve the big bucks but i i still have questions and I, I kind of want to bounce off mike and see what his thoughts are because we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's to me, you know, you're, you're, we're seeing a lot of this team leave. A lot of these guys have only been here three, four years. It shows how well the Rams are drafted, and it's hard to watch. It's, it's a little hard to watch. Before we do, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams, but most importantly, it, subscribe, please, to the Apple Music or to any other place where you get podcasts and subscribe on Apple Music. We'd really appreciate a five-star review. If you don't think we deserve it, email us at ranstop1945 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear why and what we can do to make this show better. So, all that said, one word from our sponsors. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. And here we go, Mike. Let's cover who left. How about that? We want to cover who left? <laughs> There's a lot of them. Break them a down. Lot. <laughs> well, a lot. And that's, in a lot of ways, the nature of the Rams offseason. These folks are gone. Safety John Johnson goes to the Browns. Nice deal for him. 11 mil a year. Gets a bunch of that guarantee. I think it's like 24 that's guaranteed uh, for his contract. Samson Ibukam is off to the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers. Seriously? The 49ers? Long snapper, Jake McQuaid. Yeah, Jake McQuaid. He's been here forever. Gone to the Cowboys. Running back, Malcolm Brown, now a Dolphin. And right. we're waiting for a word on the, on the other guys. Fox, Hill, Rivers, I forget. Derek Rivers signed with, oh, who he signed with today? 
It's it's oh, it's just off beaten path there. He did sign with somebody else today. Josh Reynolds is out there in Austin Blythe, and Joan Everett left his little note on social media yesterday, basically saying goodbye to Los Angeles. So I'm guessing he's been told he's not coming back. Yeah, and Big River that, signed that with the a, Texans. Yeah, the Texans. All right, thank you. I knew I saw that somewhere. Yeah, and. So that's a that's a lot of players who right now aren't coming back. The one that does come back, Leonard Floyd, four years, sixty four million dollars. Wait, wait, Mike, four years, sixty four million dollars. Last I checked, the Rams were thirty one million dollars over the salary cap. Again, thirty one million. They're doing uh, Houdini with the numbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't. Saying it. Man. Yeah. Jeez. But, you know, when you look at it, Leonard Floyd play alongside Aaron Donald, and they, they're, you know, maybe Big D went in there and said, hey, I need my guy here. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, they, they made their choice, though, right? I mean, you oh, had all did. these different guys that you can go out there and get. And yeah. the choice they made, their choice was to keep, the, keep that guy. And it's interesting, they brought in Matthews last year. They had Dante Fowler there. Both those guys are gone. They didn't pay those guys the big money, but they chose to keep Leonard Floyd. Very interesting to me. And I, I saw a quote, Chris Sims said this, and, and, and of course, you, you could always rely on pro football focus to kind of throw gasoline on the fire a little bit and basically say so he was like 30th ranked uh, outside linebacker in the league this year and I, I are you seriously going to go with this he he made plays he didn't just straight play that position and it so didn't that's this is where I think pro football focus Mike is is usually very good their numbers stack up pretty well. They're great comparison points. But this is sometimes where I think they get it wrong. Here's Chris Sims. And I'm not a big fan of Chris Sims, by the way, but I think he nailed it. <laughs> Leonard Floyd had a special year. I put him on my all-pro team. Sacks don't tell the story for how disruptive he is. Rams asked him to do a lot because he can. Come off the edge, stand up linebacker inside blitz, contain the Kyler Murray-type quarterbacks. He does it all. I'm a huge fan. And that came from Chris Sims on Twitter on March 15th. I agree. That's exactly what he did this year. Is that what you saw? Oh, absolutely. You know, but, you know, this thing when it becomes to free agency and who gets to pay and how much is getting guaranteed and who is this and that. I've always just been a believer. Most of the guys who have benefited from free agency, whether they've been ballers or non-ballers, you're just at the right place at the right time or the right time in the right place. So he's in a situation where he's playing against or with one of the best to do it. And again, if you have him and Donald, well, now you have maybe the combo and things that they want to do or have done. But to your point, uh, those numbers and statistics prove out what he's actually done. So we're always, I think, going to say, wow, this guy got real money. And then you go, well, how can he live up to that? Most of the time, you probably can't because you're a human being. You know what I mean? But uh, if you're at the right place at the right time, you can get paid. I mean, John Johnson got paid mm -hmm. going to the Saints. You know what I mean? Well, he went to the Browns. I mean the Browns. And, and by the way, I love that for the Browns. I, I'm, I've gained a huge amount of respect for John Johnson over the years. And, I mean, this is a guy who at safety was making defensive play calls. We know those guys. Those calls usually come from linebacker. And he's out in safety. Land, you, you play the position. You know how difficult that can be. And... You know, it's. I think it's safe to say that Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams, Troy Hill weren't going to be as free as they were to do what they do this year without Jordan Fuller and John Johnson being there in the safety position, keeping them safe. 
Yeah, uh, so I I think the Browns got a great one. Someone who would do a lot of good things for them. And this is a this one that hurts to me. This one hurts the Rams a lot. More than I think we're bargaining for. And Tyler Burgess and uh, Taylor Rapp better step it up. That's an understatement, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, it's no mean, better. They they gonna have to, for sure. I mean, they, they got to. John Johnson to me was such a huge piece of this defense, and I don't even really think the Rams gave. I th- well, let me say again. I don't think the Rams were ever going to bring John Johnson back. I think they they tied themselves to the guy they thought they needed to keep, and that was Leonard Floyd. So losing John Johnson means, to me, A, he was going to cost too much. What they, it, this, this is the Rams MO, though, isn't they? They've always just kind of let the safeties go. No offense. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> going back some years. Um, but two, the, um, they got guys they think come in and step in. This is how they stayed above water. They, they've, I mean, how many times, Mike, have we seen them just let guys go in the last four years for big money contracts elsewhere, and they've been relying on the draft to fill in the sure. gaps? True. Yeah, it's 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 going to be again. You know, this thing with the draft year in and year out is the idea of you know plug and play. You know, can you replace a guy that's leaving? Can the guy that's coming, whoever that may be, draft, free agency, you know, walk off the street, however they get here, uh, can they now do what's asked of them from an offensive or defensive standpoint? So, and then there's this time to jail as a unit. And so when you lose too many guys at the same on the same side, now you got those guys that have to now come in, transition jail scheme wise and how do they fit but i think we talked about it a lot over this year that when you look overall at the people that are still on the team there are people that have been here so even though you've lost some key players you still have some guys who have been here and been in the system now of course we got some new coaches again and how much the system changed defensively with coach raheem i don't know Typically, they try to somewhat keep it similar, but every coach has his way to do things. So there's always going to be a learning curve. So we'll we'll see. But I think overall with Stafford upgrade a quarterback, that should help the offense in a tremendous way. And then that should take pressure off the defense that now you don't have to be maybe as stellar that you could have been not losing those guys. So maybe that's why, you know, they feel like they can maybe lose a guy here or there for this year, pick some guys up in the draft, develop. And then when the cap goes back up next year, maybe if you have to sign a big time, whomever you can do it then. I think one thing to note too, is we know that the Rams freed up the cap. That's the other side of it. We know now the Rams posted about it a little bit earlier. They actually had a picture of, they had a gif of Les Snead just clearing a bunch of caps off a picnic table. Oh, okay, that's salary cap. And now we do know it's been reported. I think it was Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic that the Rams have indeed cleared the cap, got none of the cap for tomorrow's deadline. But the bigger detail and the bigger detail is that they were pursuing Marvin Jones. That means they do have money under the cap to spend. So we don't know the numbers yet, but how much money they have to spend? Is there a possibility that they can go out there and grab somebody else to help fill some of these holes in the team? Well, I think it's a high likelihood. You know, I got you, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a high likelihood that, again, they've been doing some things. And one of the things I guess I like, whether you like or not, it at least looks like they've been doing something in the last couple months. You know what I mean? Whatever they've done, they got Matthew Stafford here. They were able to, and unfortunately, some guys are no longer here, but they were able to get under the cap when they were way over, right? 
And then you sign again another guy who's been here. When they brought him here last year, they brought him here with, I think, this in mind. So maybe it just happened based off what they saw. Like, okay, he he proved to us what we we thought he could be or do. And obviously, he'll be here for some years ago. We think this is going to even get better. Okay, we got some guys we know. We saw the rookie come in, play well. You know, we know what Taylor Rapp can do. I think we know what his shortcomings are now. But now he knows what those are. Go work on those kid in the offseason. Come back, get better. So I just got to believe if they're saying they're trying to sign people still, well, they have another couple few tricks up the sleeve, if you will. And at least it seems like they have a plan. So that's good to know that, hey, at least you got a plan. Maybe it's not the plan we would like, but at least y'all been doing some work and you got a plan. And, you know, the restructuring that's taking place here is, I think, a team effort. We saw that Whitworth restructure. We know Aaron Donald restructure. We know, uh, geez, I can keep going down the list. Cooper Cup restructured. Robert Woods is restructured. No word on, on Michael Brockers, and Michael Brockers name keeps coming up as possible trade bait. I I, mean, I kind of hope they keep him. I mean, he was a solidifier this year. I think, in my view, I mean, I've been down on Brockers in the past. I mean, kind of felt like he never lived up to his, his billing, but this year I think he did. Michael Brockers was very good this year. I think I, was, I, I honestly believe we saw the best Michael Brockers we've seen uh, when we saw him in 2020. That was the best Michael Brockers we've seen. So yeah, I, I I would agree. You know, especially you know, towards the end of the year, it really seemed like he was hitting a stride. So yeah, uh, I, I'm I don't want him to go. So I hope they find a way to keep him there. Uh, years at this point, if you if you let him go, it is just purely a salary cap dump. But you only have so many picks to draft to try and and really make it happen. This team is. Mike, this team has done so well in the draft. This team has done so well in the draft. And my question really becomes is, are they just banking on that now? Is that what they're doing? Well, are they banking on it? <laughs> it would look that way, right? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, as sooner or later, your luck's going to run out. I think if there is ever a time for luck to run out, it would be the year where you lost most of your staff to Detroit and you haven't really been able to... to evaluate players as well as you'd like considering people didn't play this year. I mean, you just coming off a pandemic teams played half a season in some cases, if at all, uh, the Rams are really good at finding small school guys. Well, guess what? A lot of the small schools are playing right now as weird as that is. So what, 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 where do you go with that? Can, can we count on it? That's the part I think where if we go back to the beginning of the show, Mike, where I was like, ah, kind of ominous feeling for me where I'm hoping I'm just being, I'm nervous if for nothing is the fact that they've gotten by thus far with bad contracts because they've been so good in other places they can run those risks. Now, right. Can, and you, can you keep doing that? Well, you know, all good things will come to an end sooner or later. But I think they feel like they have a formula that's worked for them. And they're going to just continue to stick with the formula until it doesn't seem like it's going to work for them. I still feel that, you know, all hands on deck, upgrade a quarterback. You have a solid secondary for the most part at the corners for sure. Uh, safety up and coming young young guy who's playing tough, uh, Fuller. Uh, obviously, again, we know what uh, Taylor Rapp can do. And you have a young guy out of Fresno, Juju, who, you know, maybe he's more than what we know, and we'll find out sooner than later. So you got the best, one of the best dudes to do it in, in Aaron Donald. You got a guy who's still solid in Floyd. So... You have the makings uh, of what should be a solid defense, and you would think that with the upgraded quarterback, our offense now is going to look more prolific 
like it did two years ago. Take those things in consideration. I'm saying they're going to try to make a push again. Super Bowl's in L.A. Uh, next year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next year truly will open up SoFi Stadium, and now you'll have some people. Maybe it won't be full, but they're going to make sure some fans get to games this year. So all those things being said, we always got to remember the NFL is a marketing machine. So from a financial standpoint, if they can put enough seats, sell enough licenses, do all the things that can now be a benefit to the bottom line dollar, more in the till. And maybe you don't win the Super Bowl, but now you have a lot more money to work with, a lot more money to do other things. And maybe at the end, that's going to be pretty good for the owner uh, when it's all said and done. Because again, most of these guys, they're in this game to be businessmen. And so, yeah, you might want to win rings and do all that good stuff, but at the end of the day, they want to make money. So if they can make money by paying some money out now, they're going to they're gonna make money the long way. And that's the thing that never, I don't know, gets talked about enough in the sense of how much money is actually being made by these owners of these franchises. It doesn't matter to say, oh, I'm, I'm in, the, in, the, in the red. Yeah, you might be in the red, but not really. So... Uh, well, I mean, they're going to be in the red for one year, really, because, I mean, the, what, at, at this rate, what we're seeing happen with the pandemic, we're going to be back to full stadiums in the fall. I mean, we'll be back. I think we'll be back to full stadiums very soon, actually. I, I think with their new TV, com, you know, their new TV contract, term, this, they're going to be making the biggest profits they've ever made here very soon. So the whole idea, well, they're not making money. Well, you're crying poor for one year, dude. One year when you've been you've been banking millions and millions and probably billions of dollars put away for decades if you've been owning an NFL team. I just don't see how on earth you think, okay, well, we're going to go red now. We're red now. Come on, man. Come on. Seriously. If you're the well, Pittsburgh Pirates in baseball, I'll buy that a little bit. You're not, you're, but you're not the, the small ball Pittsburgh Pirates in Major League Baseball. You are the NFL, home of the Pittsburgh Super Dallas Cowboys and Los Angeles Rams. Well, how much money did the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers, not Steelers, but the Pirates make back in the day when it was, we are family, and, you know, and all those dudes and Madlock and Stargell and all those guys, Grant Jackson, my buddy's dad, and so... Yeah, some years you have some down ones, but some other years you have some really up ones. And so any good investor always uh, is looking towards the future. So well, when those like, dips. Sure, but it's like, it's like when you're playing the stock market or even in a mutual fund and not, not just straight stock. You're right. Okay, you know, I mean, if you are a true blue person who is investing, you, you know, sell high, buy low, right? Right. Or if you're in the long term, don't do anything. If you're right. in a good mutual fund that has a good history, that's got good stuff with it, you know, just stand pat. If you can't invest, fine, but don't sell because it's going to come back. And it pretty much always does. If it's a good fund, it will. Well, right. to me, the NFL is a good fund. <laughs> it's really hard for them not to make money. This has become... The, the, the country's sports cash cow. All you got to do right now is just play the game, keep it fun, provide great matchups, don't do anything stupid. That's it. In a nutshell. <laughs> you know, I just thought that. I thought that scene from, I think, the first Austin Powers movie where Austin Powers got, so this is me in a nutshell. Was he yeah, trying, trying to exactly. Call exactly. Go. I think with the Rams right now, though, they're showing they don't care about the they don't care about the the dead cap. They're going to find a way around it. It's going to hurt them. It will, but they're going to find a way around it, and they don't care about having the Jimmy contracts. 
And I think they, I think they built those contracts certain ways to give them that flexibility. Mike, we said before, this is probably the best team in the NFL at the contract game. I don't think there's anybody better. Right. Again, I, I believe they feel they have a, a formula that has worked, can work, and are they making certain adjustments? I'm sure they are. I mean, any good leader, CEO, someone, you have to make adjustments uh, as things dictate. And so them doing all the things that they're doing, again, like I said, it, it seems like they've been sitting back in their rooms doing what they do because you have to be prepared to strike when you can. So they are striking when they can, and it seems that they're doing whatever they need to do, clear up cap space, other things. And again, what we don't know, they got these legal tampering periods and no tampering period. Everybody knows People are on the phones doing all kinds of deals, even right now. It's just like, hey, man, we're off the record. Hey, what do you think about this? You know, what do you think about that? So negotiations for all kinds of things are always going on. And I just feel that given their history and what we've even seen the last couple of days show that, again, they're, they're strategizing or they're going with whatever they've planned. And they're carrying it out and executing it as we're seeing it. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where their cap number is right now. So to just picking it up here as we're now, we're not, we know they're not done for agency. They'll, they'll probably find some, some cheap veterans. I saw a couple people talking about them going to get Kenny Galladay. And I think they're, I think that's a really tall order. My gosh, to go get Ken Galladay. I mean, you have to open up an extra 19 mil from after game below the cap, probably 19, 20 mil to do that. Um, I don't see how they did or would. So I'm thinking more along the lines of the rest of this roster is going to get filled out by the draft. And looking at things now where a lot of these guys are gone, where should their focus be as they head towards this draft? Yeah, I, I still think that they got to figure out uh, if they're going to uh, let my guy step up as far as the receiver core. I, I don't know that Josh will be back. What, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, I think he's going to make good money somewhere. You do? I do. I don't I mean. I think he's going to make good money. So he showed enough that somebody will offer him a better role than he's had in the Rams in the past. And you'll notice the Rams were going after Marvin Jones before bringing back. I mean, doesn't that kind of <laughs> well, Adore Jackson, since he's a uh, uh, out here guy is a name that's getting floated out there now as well. Uh, I don't know Adore Jackson. I don't know what, I don't think he fits the, the deep threat role, but yeah, I don't know if it's just local guy. Hey, you got a local guy. You may want to play here. Love the Rams, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think in my opinion, and people may think I'm crazy, but I think Van Jefferson was probably, up there amongst maybe one of our best receivers. But I don't know if it was just a rookie, if he had something special, maybe he wasn't paying attention to meetings initially. But just watching him run and some of the things that he he was able to do, saw him even playing on special teams, I just think they have a great guy receiver in him. So I don't know that they're worried about a Josh Reynolds not being here next year. I mean, that might be the case. and. You know, I think in terms of talent-wise, what we've seen on film with him is route running ability probably matches up with that more than better route runners already in the league as it is. But, I mean, we didn't see him do that in the field. Other than a few kind of flash plays, like a couple of them you saw, this, this guy's got something. But he's not the prototype, though. He's not the prototype that you'd see in a quote-unquote number one receiver. 
But Jerry Rice wasn't a quote-unquote number one receiver, and you know full well how good he was. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I was I had a little downtime. I pulled up that 89 uh, NFC Championship game. And I Why would you do him. that? <laughs> Why would you? Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, he's 6 or 7. Joe Montana, 7 or 8, 9 or 10. Oh, Joe, I was just like, yeah, I remember that just like it was yesterday. Come on. See, again, <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Because <laughs> I think sometimes when I watch it more, it, the outcome may have changed. <laughs> I mean, did you, do you ever go back, like, facing some of these legends that you, you played against? Do you ever think maybe they weren't as good as they were, at, as we all thought they were at the time, and go back at film and go, yeah, they were, they were that good? Yeah, that's kind of what today was, because I'm like, yeah, man, those guys. But what was funny to me is just how calm. We were up 3 nothing. We had a chance to score. Ronnie Locke comes, makes a big play. But I'm just looking at the guys, Roger, Jerry, Joe. They're just like, man, another day at the office, and the next thing you know, the onslaught was on. <laughs> Nobody wouldn't. They didn't have any throwing helmets and kicking over Kool-Aid cups. They just were like, man, whatever. We're about to beat these dudes. <laughs> hey, you know, you guys started off pretty well early in that game. That oh, was, yeah, the man. Came I mean, we, real fast, man. Yeah, I mean, but we could have been up. We ended up 3 nothing at the quarter, but we could have been up 10 10 nothing uh, if we get that that ball, and I kind of, I think I was a little hard on myself, but when I look back, Charles Haley was coming in there almost scot-free, so Jim didn't really get to put everything on it that he may have, if he could have stepped into it a little bit more, but nevertheless, that play Ronnie made was just kind of, wow, it was literally inches, and so, uh, but yeah, then they just kind of got it going, but to your point, getting back to the Rams and just the overall plan, it just seems like, you know, as you look at the depth chart across the board, that I think they feel like they have guys can now step in, step up, and given what they have in the front, less time of the uh, defense being on the field, if the offense is actually sustaining drives, you put those two together, you know, they, they get in these room and they have all these statistical formulas and all kind of stuff that they use. You know, us, we look at the game and go, okay, is that guy outplaying the other guy? Yes. No. Okay, we need to get a better guy for us. Or, man, they're doing really good for us. So, uh, But they use a lot of these statistical formulas to, to be able to decide, do we keep a guy, age, numbers, all kind of stuff that they put into this to decide on who they go get, who should they keep? Who should they resign? How many years deals should go? Because if you look at all these deals, a lot of them are like, you know, four or five year deals. Well, they're not going to ever let you get to the end of those contracts. Mm -hmm. A la, you look at Deshaun Jackson, you know, I don't know. This is this is I digress. Is that a guy that just seems like he wears out his welcome? Yeah, I think he does. You know, Terrell Owens did that. He was one yes. of those kind of guys who would wear out welcomes. Yeah, that's, just to me, that's why players. he didn't get the Hall of Fame right away. Well, yeah, and it's just like, what happens if the guy is a great player and you just basically talk your way out the league? So it'll be interesting. Again, I know this is the Ram, but, you know, I'm going to be interested to look at what happens to Antonio Brown. Did real well, came in. I wonder if he's still going Keep it simple and just show up and go play and make some money for these next number of years, or do you go back to yourself after one year? So, anyway. So, what do you think about Big Witch restructuring his deal and looks like he's going to be here at least for another year? I think that tells me enough. I don't think he restructures if right now, especially if he's not coming back. And if the Rams don't want him back, I mean, they. they they clearly do want him back. So I think that's that gives them one more year to find a tackle. <laughs> We've been expecting to find a tackle for three years now, so gives them one more year. You now, know, what do you what uh, do you do a quarterback? 
do you keep Blake Bortles or do you just stick with John Wolford and then get someone else? I mean, you got John Wolford as your backup. I would expect them to go get somebody. Think? You know, Matt Stafford's 33. If they don't go draft, if they don't draft somebody this year, they will next year. I would hope. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Well, you, you have to always be planning for the future when it's coming to this quarterback. Obviously, you want to get someone, when you get them, they're going to be there for the long haul. So, You know, but I, I wonder, too, how the Rams will address this. Because, I mean, look at Russell Wilson, for example. Oh, yeah. When Seattle went and drafted Russell Wilson, they got him as a third-round pick. And very soon, he's a starter. And if you could find a guy like that who steps in as a starter, you develop, he, he's a diamond in the rough, basically, when they draft him. They can find a guy like that. All of a sudden, your cap is clear all over again for a few years. That would be a nice place for the Rams to be in again. When you have so much money invested in your quarterback position, and then, of course, you have Aaron Donald and so on and so forth. Now, look at the position they are in right now where they really have to let certain guys go that you, they would probably want to have around. So I'm really wondering how this staff is evaluating the quarterback future. Or, and I don't know when we're going to find that out because my guess is they're going to want to find somebody they can develop like they have everybody else. Look at all the guys they develop mid-rounds. Look at all the different players they've done. but. Here's the thing. It's mostly been defensive players. They haven't developed many offensive players. A few, but not many. Well, if you look at it, they're looking at some of these, I call them outliers, if you will. Drew Brees just recently, you know, but he did the Saints a good good deal. He, he restructured the deal and took a lot less money and then walked out the door and was going to go get paid a lot of money with CBS. But if you look at that they're looking at Matt Stafford at 33 if they're comparing it to maybe Drew Brees, uh, obviously uh, TB12 as he goes by now, Tom Brady. And who's the other guy I'm missing that's, that's kind of up there? But they're looking at that being the new norm now. Uh, well, Aaron Rodgers, what is Aaron now, 38? 37 37-ish. 37-ish. So, but if you look at those guys who have played at a high level, I think the new mindset of the quarterback with new technology, the way the game is called, that a guy like Matthew Stafford, you might say he's in his prime right now. He has another good five or seven years left. You know, when he gets 40, then he's going to drop off. So if they're thinking that he has not just tremendous years, but if even if you say five, you know, he'll be 38. But even if you said, hey, if you knew you could get a quarterback for the next five years and not have to worry about it, well, now you bought yourself a lot of time. Because now, as you, you noted, this, the cap is going to go up, right? And then again, if you're winning, are you going to be able to draft what should be one of these uh, quarterbacks of the future. But again, we can look in a lot of middle round guys have been solid players. So I think, again, with the formula that they're employing, they feel like they have a person at quarterback for another three to five years. Easy. And so it's all about. It's all about keeping him healthy. He's taking no a lot of hits. Definitely in Detroit. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, the one thing you, you never know is, you know, obviously going from, you know, when I was NFC West, it was, you know, we felt like we were rough and tumble. But then, you know, you go to play Miami and Miami, you know, it seemed like everybody felt like we were more of a finesse team. And so uh, maybe now that he comes to the Rams. He's upright a lot more. Maybe he's better than even what we thought he could be because he hasn't been able to play behind, you know, much of a quality line. Now, you know, they've had some, some good teams here and there. 
But overall, yeah, he took a lot of hits. And that's that's what I think we're all hoping for. If he can, man, if he can stay healthy and in close to peak condition for four years, I think we'll be happy. A 37-year-old quarterback who was able to do the job, I think we'll be happy. And that time you got, and during that time, you've got the opportunity to get your salary cap more workable to be able to to groom a replacement. So that's I think where we're all hoping they go because eventually you are going to have to replace your thirty three. You're now thirty three year old quarterback, and same for left tackle. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. Yeah. So let's just take a little quick peek into our crystal ball. You ready? So you have crystal ball. (laughs) Exactly. You got Kid Wonder Sean McVay calling the plays, right? I think if we, what would you rate our O line with a healthy O line? Out of five star, five star being the best, would we be a three star, three and a half star line? What would you rate us? I'd say early in the year, Four stars later in the year, three stars. Last couple of years, I think this team is the O line's worn down towards the end of the year. Last couple of years, they were healthy anyway 2018 and 2020. 2019's a polar animal. So that sounds to me like you would say we're a solid three and a three, seven, five, four star line. Uh, three, seven, five, three, five, three, five. Okay, three, five. So, okay, so that's a little bit better than average. So that being the case, we have, again, Wonder Boy Sean McVay calling, uh, well, Wonder Coach, not Boy, Wonder Coach, Sean McVay calling plays. We now have what is considered to be definite upgraded quarterback. We got a solid line. We can keep him upright. Oh, yeah, and we got a legitimate back in Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Unfortunately, we lost our, our boy Malcolm Brown or my boy. But you got a guy that the coach says, hey, this guy's every down back. Cool. Now we got a guy who can now hopefully know the plays, catch the ball. We got a quarterback and get it to him. We got receivers who have been in the system, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I'm saying uh, Van Jefferson is going to be probably the guy who really shows up next year. We'll see. Uh, Take all those things. You got a solid defense. You would look and say, Yes, we got a solid team for the next number of years. Now all we have to do, stay as healthy as possible, obviously. Never can foretell with the injuries. But if you look at it from that standpoint, you will say, yeah, the Rams offense should be much improved next year. If your Rams offense is much improved, again, your defense doesn't have to be just like the steel curtain. They can go out and play and be, you know, three downs and out. Maybe we go five downs or six downs and out, but we don't give up big plays. We're solid. And now you have the makings of just an overall better team with a guy not taking the same amount of hits. Now you're three, four years down the road. You're competing for that Super Bowl every year. That's how I would look at it right now based on today. I think it depends on how this offensive core re- reacts to Gerald Everett being gone, to Josh Reynolds being gone, how Van Jefferson shows development, and the guys who they've now banked their future on the interior of the offensive line. Who's the center next year? Do they? We haven't heard any, really anything about Austin Blythe. No, we haven't. Who's the center? Center's a big deal. I mean, the whole ball game changed the center. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> so, I mean, we're we're having a different com- conversation if if they don't have a center. We're gonna find yeah. out. Yeah. All right, folks. So, I mean, it's, I I'm I'm honest. We were kind of all over the place this time around. I think we're both <laughs> trying to digest yes. how the team is shaking out. And it's probably not done. 
is probably not done. There's probably more to come because less need is, well, he's less need. He is, he's definitely a character to say the least. So all that in mind, we'll talk this weekend. We might have some more news and maybe just maybe we'll get some more clarity for this roster and where it's going. In the meantime, give us a follow on Twitter at Talk Rams. You can find me at DC Paul. You can find Mike at One Duke Twenty Three. Make sure you, you look and see. He might just put those pictures up of those new jerseys they got. Just hmm. saying, he might do that. Yeah. Hint, hint, hint. Mike, put them up. Put them up. <laughs> okay. Don't forget to follow us. Um, sorry, don't forget to subscribe, please. And in the meantime, have a great day. We're out of here. We're out. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.